1: Listening to Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. And in this episode we're talking Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins, plus all the latest movie and trailer news.
0: I'm Tim Fland, Movie Buff.
1: And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist.
0: And we love to talk all things movies.
1: Don't we just, Tim? And today we're talking Snake Eyes, which is the G.I. Joe Origins tale that shows how Snake Eyes became the ultimate ninja warrior. Welcomed into an ancient Japanese clan after saving Storm Shadow, Snake Eyes joins the battle against the terrorist group Cobra, but when past secrets are revealed, his honour and allegiance are tested, and it could mean losing everything he has been fighting for.
0: The film is directed by Robert Schwank, who has directed two instalments in the Divergent series, Insurgent and Allegiant.
1: The screenplay is by Evan Spiliotopoulos. Joe Shrapnel and Anna Wardhouse from a story by Spiliotopoulos.
0: Can I just stop you there? Mm-hmm. Joe Shrapnel, that is a brilliant name for a screenwriter who writes action films. I think it's just <laughs> brilliant. The film stars Henry Golding, Andrew Koji, Samara Weaving and Ursula Corbero.
1: Right, so Tim, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, this is an origins tale. But at the end of the movie, did you have any idea who this guy was?
0: absolutely no idea. <laughs> Let me, I guess, help uh, in setting some sort of context yeah. in who Snake Eyes is. So, he forms part of the G.I. Joe group. Mm. And we've seen two previous films that he's starred in. The first in 2009 called G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra mm-hmm. and a sequel in 2013 titled G.I. Joe Retaliation. So, this group... They fight against the terrorist organisation Cobra. Right. And what this film does, Snake Eyes, is set up the origin story of his character and how his relationship with another character called Storm Shadow came from going to be friends, training partners, Mm. and then ultimately to bitter rivals.
1: The story for this film is quite formulaic, which is kind of what you expect from an action film built on a toy franchise, right? Mm. So the young boy whose heart is filled with vengeance and he ends up running with the wrong crowd and he's just determined to find out who killed his father and get revenge. Right? Basic. We've heard this before. Yes. But in terms of this story, it jumped from him as a young boy to an adult with just no context of what he'd been doing between now and then. Somehow he's an ultimate ninja warrior. How did that happen?
0: (laughs) Well, that's what we're meant to, I guess, exploring this film. That's what I was anticipating. That's what I went in going, I'm going to learn X, Y, and Z about Snake Eyes. But the opening scene was about as rushed as they come in setting up any kind of character relationship. Mm. You know, you were first introduced to Snake Eyes as a boy and his father with such uninspiring dialogue that read something like, oh, what's a safe house? I heard you say it last night. And the father goes, oh, it's another word for cabin. (laughs) And I'm just like, oh, Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, no, I'm going to completely agree with you. I thought the script was just so cliched. I think the climactic fight was introduced by someone saying, let's get the party started.
0: God. (laughs) Oh, how did that one go straight in one ear out the other? Well, a lot of this Mm. movie did. And for me, like for a two-hour film, right, Mm. nothing took a breath and everything moved at such a rapid pace somehow leaving no time spent explaining or establishing anything from story, Mm. context, or character. Yeah. And I've tried to resist coming in swinging really hard about this movie in this episode, Mm. but I'm hoping you can tell me, Lee, what was happening in this film because I couldn't tell (laughs) you a single thing.
1: Yeah, and the fast-paced action is not necessarily a bad thing in most cases, but it is if Mm. you don't stop and develop the characters, I wasn't rooting for this character. And yes, okay, he is an anti-hero, okay? He's, you know, strong, mm. silent, has a colourful past and we wanted to know more about that past, but it just really didn't explain mm. who he is. And the relationships between him and other characters was so flimsy, I didn't believe the character motivation for anyone, like, oh, suddenly Andrew Koji's character, Storm Shadow, trusts him all of a sudden. Yeah. Because he looked into Mm. his eyes. Okay, cool. (laughs) Then there's this almost romantic thread between him and the head of security, but they barely spent any time together on screen. Like where did that come from?
0: That was very frustrating. Like Mm. every character motivation was very random. It was never like set up or explained or justified. And you kind of sat there watching the choices that characters were making, the situations Mm. that they found themselves in, and you not knowing how – you got there. Mm. And that was a real big flaw of this film. You, you mentioned something like earlier, you weren't invested, nor did you care about any character no. or event. And the one thing, not the one thing, gosh, there's so many, but the fact that Snake Eyes was kind of unknowingly thrust into a secret clan of ninjas, I just found very bizarre. You know, it was born from a thank you mm. for saving Tommy's life. And then he found himself having to compete in a series of tests that if he failed... He was told he would die. Like, I mean, he really drew the short straw in where Mm. his character ended up. And I was like, how did he get here? How does this make sense? How is this (laughs) fair for this poor bastard?
1: Mm. I think the biggest problem is when you're not rooting for the central character, Mm. that's a huge issue. And I found myself more invested in Storm Shadow as a character. Right. And he's not the main character. Mm. I want to know more about him and what he's up to.
0: And why was that, do you think?
1: Because as a character, he felt more developed. There was more depth to him, Mm. I think. And do you think that comes down to the performance? Because Henry Golding, who played Snake Eyes, is a really great actor. And I actually enjoyed his performance in this, but I felt he wasn't given enough to work with.
0: I was really excited to see him in this film Mm. as an action star, but I really wasn't convinced of Henry Golding. And you can half blame the script, like you've said, But what made me really worried after watching his turn as an action star in here, you know, all those rumours about him potentially being James Bond. Mm. And it makes me really nervous because I'm like, I didn't really see anything in here that would mean, yes, he's ready to take up this James Bond Mm. mantle. I can't wait for him to sink his teeth into that if the rumours are true. Right. Uh, Yes, his take on Snake Eyes as an action hero was a little bit uninspiring.
1: And there was no chemistry between any of the leads. And Mm. as I said before, I think that's because they didn't spend enough time together to be able to develop any. Mm. One thing that did irritate me quite a bit, because I was quite excited to see Scarlet, played by Samara Weaving, and how the G.I. Joes weave into this world and how Snake Eyes joins these G.I. Joes. And it came as an almost afterthought at the end of the movie and still wasn't really woven in, you know. Scarlet is G.I. Joe's intelligence officer, right? And she's meant to be close with Snake Eyes. They have quite a bond in terms of the movies and the comics and, you know, the backstory, if you will. And I was actually really excited to see how that came about. Hmm. And, again, they barely had any time together and she was barely in it and it was completely wasted. She gets dropped off by a helicopter and I was like, where's the rest of her team? Yeah. Could you not afford the rest of the Joes? What's (laughs) Channing Tatum up to?
0: (laughs) Look, that's such a valid point. Isn't that the purpose of an origin story is to set up relationships?
1: Right, exactly. And then
0: follow them later as they flourish? You know, she literally, quite literally – dropped in once or twice in this movie. Mm. And I loved when she was there, mm. but she wasn't there very much. And I actually didn't even know that that was the backstory and their connection there because this film did such a piss poor job of establishing any connection with any mm. character. I was just like, who the fuck are all these people and what are they doing?
1: When you say drop in, dropped in for a battle pose, how would you feel about the uh, the fighting poses before they, you know, the, the whole cast were just lined up and their you know, hands on their hips Guns cocked. Oh, we're ready to do a big fight scene now. I thought, oh, my God. And do you know what? People roll their eyes at those kind of moments in movies. And mm. I, I will put my hand up and say when it happened in Marvel's Avengers Endgame and all the women mm. came strutting down the battlefield, people rolled their eyes, but I loved it. I lapped that shit up. But it doesn't always work.
0: No, I love a hero shot too. Gimme, gimme, gimme that mm. corn give me that corn, nom, nom, nom. I just love it. But when they're trying to execute something like that with characters that you don't give a shit about, it it doesn't give an impact. It doesn't deliver anything. So they just ultimately look like idiots.
1: (laughs) That's quite harsh, Tim, but not untrue. Also, who is the Baroness? Okay, poor Ursula was also wasted in this film, a Mm one-note villain who is supposed to be the most dangerous person in this film, and she was barely in it again. She popped up to, you know, show off her fancy nails and her stiletto boots and off she went.
0: (laughs) And that's about it. (laughs) Look, I think that's the headline. One-note villains, one-note characters, Mm. underdeveloped, you don't root for them, and therein lies the alphabetic soup that was Snake Eyes, unfortunately. Can
1: we talk about something good, please? Because I feel terrible that we're tearing it to shreds. Gorgeous locations. Filming locations, okay, beautiful cherry blossom courtyards and the big compound and the turrets and, you know, even um, some parts of Tokyo, the city of Tokyo, which is beautifully designed. Yes. Very enjoyable to watch. And as you said, the film was quite fast-paced with engaging action, but even those got boring because of the handheld camera. How did you feel about the handheld camera shots?
0: Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Here we go. The shaky cam was nauseating. It wasn't effective Mm. for me here. Like it felt more like the camera people didn't know how to hold a camera rather than it being a creative choice. You could see so much potential in the action set pieces. You already listed off those beautiful sets, those beautiful Mm. locations. But it was ruined through so much close-up work and shaky handheld camera work. You couldn't appreciate any of it.
1: No, and it also meant that you couldn't fully experience the joy of the hand-to-hand combat because it was going so fast. Mm. You couldn't really get a sense of what was going on. And there's some great moments there, like Henry Golding doing this backflip when he's fighting with Akiko. And there's Mm. a great still shot that we put on our social media accounts Mm. that looks fantastic. And it was blink and you miss it.
0: Yeah. I think it was really let down with the choice of how they pointed the camera and how it moved. It was a real shame because even in that, all the stunt work, that gorgeous martial arts, you know, choreography, just all lost in the way that they chose to film it. Like a Paul Greengrass born identity film. It was just too much. Mm. The camera never took a breath.
1: Should we wrap up Snake Eyes, Tim?
0: Okay. Yep. I think it's about time.
1: Unfortunately, I don't think Snake Eyes was an effective Origins tale. It falls into the trap of going through the motions to set up a franchise and it isn't an engaging, self-contained story. If after watching this film you're still wondering who this character really is and how he fits into the world of G.I. Joe, then the story has failed in its singular purpose – Not all of it is bad, but it is fairly boring and forgettable. And I think that is somehow worse. I'm going to give Snake Eyes two popcorn kernels out of five.
0: Well said, Lee. So my take on Snake Eyes. This film was an absolute mess. I had no idea what was going on. And as much as I love me a bit of action, that's all this film seemed to really care about delivering. But even the action let it down, with shocking camera work, ultimately leaving behind a nauseous podcaster and no redeeming features for this action romp.
1: No redeeming features?
0: Nah, not not one. It was loud, Lee. It was pointless, obnoxious and just plain average. So I'm going to rate Snake Eyes one and a half popcorn kernels.
1: Well, there you have it, guys. Snake Eyes is being fast-tracked from cinemas and will be available to rent or buy on digital from August 25, if that's your thing.
0: All right, guys, we're going to launch straight into our trailer and news section with a new The French Dispatch trailer, providing a visual feast of Wes Anderson's new film. It's got striking color palettes, his trademark cinematography style, of course, and an ensemble cast of greats, including Bill Murray, Tilda Swinton, Francis McDormand, Adrian Brody, and so many more.
1: This movie brings to life a collection of stories from the final issue of an American magazine published in a fictional 20th century French city and is expected in Australian cinemas in November, hopefully.
0: Fingers crossed.
1: Yeah. What did you think of the look of this trailer? It's very Wes Anderson, isn't it?
0: Oh, goodness. Whimsical, delicious, delightful, witty. I just love his style Mm. of filmmaking. How did you feel?
1: So many moving parts. I love the colour palette, Mm. all the actors coming together, all these really great actors interacting with each other. Just, oh, can't wait to see it. We also got a new trailer, the first full-length trailer for Marvel's Eternals, which is expected in Australian cinemas on November 4 at this stage, lockdowns pending, of course.
0: I feel like all our new section is I've just got my fingers crossed for all these release dates. I I literally have my fingers crossed throughout this whole section. So, the blockbuster is about a group of heroes from beyond the stars who are tasked with protecting Earth from monstrous creatures known as the Deviants. There
1: is a huge cast in this one, including Angelina Jolie, Salma Hayek, Kamal Nanjiani, Richard Madden, Gemma Chan, so many more. And it's directed by Oscar winner Chloe Zhao, which I am so excited about. I cannot wait to see her behind the lens of this film.
0: I think we've got a real sense of, like, her stamp on this movie in this trailer. You Mm. could really see that Chloe Zhao was behind the camera and it wow, it just looks epic. Mm. Absolutely epic.
1: There was big news this week that Hotel Transylvania 4 has been sold to Amazon and will be skipping a theatrical release. The sequel was scheduled to release in Australian cinemas on September 9 and we're not sure if that's changed as yet, but you can watch it on Amazon Prime at home worldwide.
0: So titled Transform Mania, the animation sees Johnny turn into a monster and the Drac Pack become humans thanks to a formula from Van Helsing that gets misused.
1: Yeah, now, Tim, I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but it was revealed earlier this year that Adam Sandler is not voicing the role of Dracula in this one. Brian Hull has replaced Sandler, who quietly left the role and hasn't yet revealed why. It's interesting.
0: You know what? I didn't even know that. That's a real shame because Mm. this series is very successful and he's so good in the role of Dracula. So, it's a little bit, oh.
1: Do you think that combined with it going to Amazon Prime will affect the success of it?
0: I think so. You you are seeing these days movies that are meant to have that proper theatrical release window or simultaneously releasing on, you know, Disney Plus and such and they're not having much of a big impact on the box office taking. So, I think that's going to be the fate Mm. of this film, unfortunately.
1: The next instalment in the Fast Saga has set a date, Tim. Fast 10 is scheduled to hit cinemas in April 2023, and at this point it is the penultimate film in the franchise with Fast 11 also in the works to finish up the story. Now, if they don't call this film number 10, if they don't call Fast 10, Fasten, your (laughs) seatbelts, there's a missed opportunity there.
0: You beat me to it. Oh, God, absolutely. And can I just say, one of my favourite words of all time is penultimate. Mm. So, I just hope we get to say penultimate whenever we cover news on Fast 10 between now and its release date because it's just (laughs) the best. All right, Lee, Anthony Mackie has signed on for Captain America 4, which actually hasn't been officially announced by Marvel, although obviously it is in planning stages. It's not known yet if it will tie directly into Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was a Disney Plus original Mm. Marvel Studios series, but it's highly likely that we would see Sebastian Stan as Bucky and other cast members involved in some way.
1: This is exciting news, but, oh, Captain America without Steve Rogers. I mean, it's one thing for the TV series, but I don't know if I can handle it in movie version.
0: You can't? Why?
1: I love Steve.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's more officially passing on the baton or the shield.
1: He's my favourite character, I think. Who's your favourite Avengers character?
0: Oh, gosh, it does change. And I think there's some really great characters coming up. But I do have a soft spot for Thor, especially Mm. where his franchise has led, becoming a lot more hilarious with the inclusion of Taika Waititi. Mm. So I think Thor, yeah, Thor's a character I really enjoy watching.
1: Tim, ugh, bad news for the Bond franchise. No Time to Die has been pushed back, but only in Australia, to November 11. The 25th film was originally meant to release on September 30th in Australia.
0: Oh gosh, like will we ever get to see this film, Lee? This is Daniel Craig's final bow as Bond and it's been delayed multiple times with the original release of April 2020. But Mm. you know what? Old COVID has had other plans for this epic action flick from the very beginning.
1: Will we ever see it? Do you think Daniel Craig put some bad juju on this film by all the controversy about him saying he didn't want to do it?
0: Yeah, he he would rather do anything else than play Bond again, yet here he is. And his film is, you know, 18 months unreleased from its original Mm. slate. Uh, Yes, maybe he had a part to play in that. But, um, oh gosh, well, that's a little bit of a negative way to end the episode. But, you know, we're all about updating you, keeping you across all the latest news. So, it had to be put in there.
1: Well, that's it for another episode of Popcorn Podcast. We reviewed Snake Eyes, a GI Joe Origins story.
0: And that's available for you to rent or buy on digital from August 25th. All right, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening.
1: And we'll catch you next time. Come and join in the conversation. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Popcorn Podcast. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.